0: All right. What is going on, guys? It is time for another episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast. And, well, we've got a special one for you guys. Going a little bit out of order, the original plan was to do the Kota Rally recap with the top three uh, for this year's event. We're going to do that episode today, but, man, did we get a chance to get a special one in really quick. Got a lot coming up this week, and it is Rally Month. Kota Rally already gone off. Up next, Baja Rally, one-week break, and then right back at it for Sonora Rally. So... We're going to be down there for those events, checking them out, talking to some of the people uh, and having some fun. But today, very easy. We're going to be doing the pre, pre-rally pre show. What is it? I don't know. The preview show for the 2022 Baja Rally. So absolutely excited, looking forward to seeing it. A lot of guys headed down for this one. I'm very, very curious to see how it went or how it's going to go uh, and get down there. So going to get some time to spend uh, with the rally family down there a few days down there and then coming back for the week and then headed right back for the sonora rally so that is going to be a lot of fun looking forward to it but yes so hope everybody's in, been enjoying the episode and have or episodes and having fun i'm working my way on the links here yeah, let's see here let's see all right perfect let's get these guys on the horn because we've got some stuff to talk about turn down the party here a little bit all right guys you there yes sir good morning all right good morning
1: yeah hi victor
0: all right looks like we got scotty bloom danny Sargosa, and mauricio parra the baja rally the trifecta what's going on guys how are you
1: guys ready to rock and roll you know, super right. good man super good yeah Thank just,
0: you. just a few days out right 10th anniversary
1: well our t- this will be our tenth one nice
0: all right so a lot of stuff a lot of stuff been going on over the uh, over the last couple of weeks with rain and weather and all sorts of fun stuff so This is the preview show for the Baja Rally, so let's, I think the the most important part we got to talk about is uh, because we've seen some of these social media posts and stuff that you guys have been doing, uh, rerouting or rerunning the courses, validating the courses and stuff like that. Let's talk a little bit about that. Oh, Scott, are you there?
1: Sorry about that you know Victor before a, a good rally or a proper competition rally you know the organizer team is going to you know make a final pass through the stages. you know it takes months and sometimes years to put like a five or six day rally raid together and so the general you know custom is in the last week, you know some organizers going to send out a blind uh, test um, like a test pilot, crash test dummy guy that doesn't know any where the starts or finishes are that if they can successfully make it through you know then it looks like the stage can go on and go to mass print okay so we're getting ready to do mass print for six stages and we have this hurricane uh you know we see it coming for a week so we normally we would do our pre-run about two weeks before the hurricane uh rained on uh on the course about three weeks before. So Mauricio and I had to wait it out and watch the hurricane come all the way up the coast and dump really like more than, uh, the last 10 years, it really pounded. Uh, and we, this is our third hurricane in seven or eight years. But, uh, so the point is, is Mauricio and I spent five days last week together in the car three of those days was like seven in the morning or eight in the morning all the way until six or 7 p.m long days and just basically adding about 15 to 20 percent more hazards so if a if a stage had a hundred um hazards it now has 115 or 120 so that work continues uh tomorrow tuesday wednesday uh on the marathon stage to just verify the the most southern most stages but we're optimistic and we look like we're in good shape um three or four of the stages are ready for mass print and then we have uh two or three that we'll just put the finishing touches on this week so we're getting that's um this by the way it's our third time in baja rally that a hurricane is. Come weeks before, in 2014, it was Odile, or Odile um, you know, that came up Cabo and pretty much wrecked a lot of um, of the course in 2014. Four years later, in 2018, it was Huracan Rosa, and that happened just basically five or six days before the rally, and uh, four years later, it seems like it's a four-year cycle. Here we are in 22. So the course, also, it's, you know, we've been... Held up by the lockdown, you know, for two full years, 2020 and 2021. So we're pent up. We have a lot of pent up demand and a lot of pent up energy and a lot of pent up uh, organization ready to execute one week from today.
0: And so this is interesting. And I remember very clearly. So I remember Rosa's Revenge, the name of one of the stages in 2018. And then I'll never forget the you coming back out of the field all muddy, you know, in riding gear the day of the scrutineering, you know, had just finished up uh, rerunning one of the stages, just making sure that everything was still passable. So I, I've seen firsthand how how big of a challenge these things can be.
1: Yeah, it is. And, you know, there's only one reason. It's just safety and it's just, um, you know, making sure. And so someone someone else on the call can can speak to you know, what Baja Rally uh, has developed in protocol for, you know, rider and participant and staff safety.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, but I did have, um, so let's talk a little bit about the terrain, right? That's something that, you know, a lot of the folks may be curious about, like, okay, what are we up against? Like, uh, are, are we looking at, you know, Saudi style dunes? Are we looking at, you know, I, I saw some washes that you guys are going through, but can you talk a little bit about the terrain and, and what these guys are going to barrier and sea.
1: yeah for sure victor we have um you know a, our highest number of rookies i think we have over a dozen um first timers rookie guys and some a few people that'll be riding in baja for the first time um it baja and we're basically where we're focused in the valle de los sirios or the valley of the candles it's the natural protected zone uh you know, one third of the way down Baja, it's so variable. uh, And there's a reason for it. I mean, guys are going to have sand washes. They're going to have volcanic rock uh, shale. They will have gravel um, uh, soil, like kind of like that Colorado, you know, red, um, you know, silky soil, not too much whoops, you know, some technical hill climbs that people need to be in store for, fast, uh, flowing, smooth, single track in some spots. It's it's just a, a really dynamic variety of, uh, of terrain that changes. And the quick reason for that, it's Baja's, this really skinny peninsula, 1,000 miles long, separated by two bodies of water and a big 12,000-foot uh, peak in the middle of the of the north and so super variable i think we have some um more intermediate uh riders that aren't really off-road racers and i'm confident that they would if they're you know have been working out and riding and getting seat time they will make it to they have the capability to make it to the very end nice, nice. and
0: and i I'm didn't imagining- make it
1: too hard we didn't want to make it yeah, didn't want to make it too too technical too too crazy
0: now and and i'm thinking i'm guessing i've already seen some of the posts uh from around the the baja peninsula a lot of people pre-running for the baja 400 stuff like that when uh when that was going on uh the washes it it sounds like we've got virgin washes again that aren't all whooped out
1: well i don't like to underestimate the locals of how soon that they will turn that virgin wash into a shortcut uh outside of Catavina, we found a a a number of them and you know, how virgin they will be after two weeks uh, might not be so much so. But um, definitely took some whoops or took some bumps uh, out. And we're typically not racing on the same old or the same clapped out roads every time. And, uh, I mean, we're pumped. I can tell you that the we've got a lot of momentum and energy and people uh, around us. A couple of special guests uh, riding in the rally that are going to um, – you know, be a surprise, can't really disclose or divulge. It's like security stuff. But um, I know particularly that we've never been more prepared to execute, you know, a world-class competition rally. And I know my teammates uh, here on the call would, um, you know, be able to attest to that and and tell you a little bit more.
0: Yeah. And that's so that's an interesting thing that you mentioned, you know, with, with a lot of rookie riders riding this time around. Uh, and some intermediate guys, um, I'm sure that was a consideration uh as far as safety goes so let's let's switch over to that uh Danny we're, we're talking safety and recovery and all of these things uh, that you guys got going. uh tell me a little bit about it
2: yeah. yeah thanks thanks for for having us on man it's it's great talking to you um been a little bit yeah. it's been safety has been. A, as always, first and foremost, a- absolutely. You know, it's, it's always the first thing on everybody's mind and, you know, with, with as many years as ha- and as well as everything's always been coordinated this year has felt um, e- even, even more so. Um, I think one of the reasons or one of the things that's really helped back that so much uh, was a new facility that opened in Vicente Guerrero. Uh, the CMED is a brand new modern facility, a hospital facility that is, you know, for where we play and where we go, a perfect location. So they have all brand new equipment. We're going to have their brand new ambulance on site every day, which is outstanding. Um, on top of that, we're going to have as always a heli with a medic on the heli available for anything, anything that needs to be done on the field as well. And then, um, four of the large motomedic team, four of them are full EMTs, um with so much equipment. Um, but we have a, this year as far as extraction and fast moving vehicles that sweep the course, we have an extra two vehicles um, that are fast that will have a lot of, yeah, kind of some minor mechanical equipment for the medics, but very, very serious medical equipment on board, fortunately. And, 10 years, we haven't had any incidences where we've really had to use, we've never had to use the heli. Um, and we've never had an incident that was serious enough to, to use anything important, but we're happy to have everything there that really makes everybody uh, comfortable with, with going fast and, and taking on Baja, which is you know what we're all there for.
0: Absolutely. And, and you come from an overland background, so you understand, you know, getting out there running and, and getting out into the middle of nowhere and getting lost, so to speak.
2: Yeah, I, I ran uh score for many years, for five years. I uh, part owned and, and part uh, drove on a team. So I we've we've been doing extractions for years. I did Baja pits for many years before that. Um, kind of learned that side of it before I got into racing. And then knowing Baja, I mean, I, I've been Just my truck alone has been up and down the peninsula 10 times. So, yeah, yeah, I'm very used to uh, medic extraction when needed and very used to being in the most remote areas of Baja and how to communicate with each other or how to perform when you can't communicate with absolutely anybody and you need to just get the job done. So we ride right behind We're we're fast. We ride right behind the very last motos and we make sure they always see us. Um, they feel very comfortable to see a couple of, you know, fast moving trucks back there that can uh, that can pick up and extract if if anything goes sideways and when everything goes perfect, how it's usually been. It's just fun to see everybody out there. So uh, great mix.
0: Yeah. And I, and, and I can imagine as a rider or a participant, you know, to be able to get that uh, that that warm fuzzy feeling. Right. You've you're coming up on medics. You're you guys, you know, they're hot playing hopscotch or whatever you want to call it. So there's an there's a organization presence out on the course, which I'm sure makes the guys feel a lot better.
1: Yeah, it's a, yeah for sure. Yeah, Victor, if I, I mean, if I can add or just add to what Danny said, um, there's a couple of key people and things about the overall safety protocol that make it all come together. It's evolved, you know, in 10 years. Satellite phone store provides these um, ICOM push to talk sat radios. Now, when you take the sat radio that every rider has, and the Rally Comp technology with the RC track it with Mike Johnson's Rally Comp um, tracking system, we'll send. Uh, we can send uh, text messages right to the rider's bike through the Rally Comp, telling them stop. Use your sat phone. Call us. we can do that with motomedics, with the helicopter pilot. It's part of what Danny is talking about, about making the safety protocol the most important uh, piece of the puzzle. And so with those satellite uh, phone store, you know, sat radios and the the, uh, rally comp uh, tracking system, like you just said, the riders get that warm and fuzzy feeling. If you're out there as a rider and you get a a text message, you'll hear the beep, beep, beep on your on your rally comp buzzer and you look down at your rally comp it'll say new message so you'll stop hit the read button and it'll say something like when you get to that locked gate open waypoint 225 226 or skip 225 and open 226 and the rider and, and no penalties would say open the next two waypoints no penalties and that's if we have that unforeseen blockage or some kind of a stoppage in the course. That that's part of what will make the rider and the and the also the the motomedic sweepers get that warm and fuzzy that you were talking about. And so the first timers that have never been to Baja that are thinking, "Oh, I could get lost or I could get super dangerous." It's really con- in a con- you're in a highly controlled environment the whole time.
0: And. And actually that, that brings up a valid, uh, valid point. So I, like two questions, one, uh, one Scotty for you. I mean, you, you're doing course design, you're, you're doing the waypoints. You work very closely with Mike Johnson from rally comp on this. Um, what is, uh, uh, if I'm riding down course and I'm coming up on a waypoint safety, what am I going to experience from the rally comp and what have you programmed into it?
1: Well, it's, um, that you're going to get five you're going to get two different audibles like a a noise alert the first one is a five beeps at some point before the hazard and that is variable so i can set that anybody that's making a roadbook with rally comp uh, safety waypoints you can decide ahead of time should i put this 100 the first warning 100 meters before the six foot cliff or 150 meters before the six-foot cliff, or 70 meters. It all depends on what the road like is like before that. If it is, um, so we can program that the rider to answer your question is going to hear five beeps. And after the first day, in the first half of a stage, for a first timer, it's Pavlovian, like the Pavlovian dogs. It's very conditional response. The five beeper, beep 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 beep. beep is different than the other sounds of rally comp, which is a single beep or a triple beep, 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 when you clear a waypoint. So the five beep is beep, 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 before you hit the, before the thing comes. And then right as you're approaching it and you're right on top of the hole or right next to the cliff, you'll get the second beep, 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 which tells you that you've cleared. And then that, 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 uh, Safety waypoint, um, you know, the icon and arrow drops off of your rally comp back to your odometer, and then you're back to go.
0: Nice. Okay, so there there's definitely again more of that warm and fuzzy. You know, okay, I I can see because it's one thing to see a WPS, you know, waypoint safety in the roadbook, uh, but then how you know it's good to hear how the rally comp integrates that and what it's telling you, like, hey, dummy, <laughs> back it down, you know.
1: It really, it dies after, like, after the first few ones when they see that, and then they see that that was a cliff that could put you out of work or, you know, in a wheelchair. Um, Later in the day, they hear the next one and it's an automatic roll off of the throttle and kind of, you know, grab for some break. Yeah. So it's nothing but hats off to Mike and all the other, you know, rally lords out there that have been involved in the business for, and the, Business, I guess, in the nonprofit, um, you know, world, <laughs> for uh, five, ten, in some cases, fifteen years. So, it's awesome, right, guys?
2: Yeah, we we love it as well as the sweep team because we we all have literally everybody on course. Whether you're staff or rider, everybody has the same equipment. So it's really nice for ourselves as well in the trucks to get these hazards and warnings as well. It's it feels great for everybody. Mm.
0: And and, and sure. that was that was actually going to be my my question to you was was about that like are you guys using the same equipment and then relative like these waypoint safeties and and alternate routes right to get people out you know the unthinkable right the the thing we don't want to happen is is for some reason they spaced and and missed the beeps and something goes down you know knock knock on wood we're not dealing with that you guys have to deal with it. are you guys. Exit routes, things like that. I mean, you got a lot of this stuff going on. Do you plan around these?
2: Yeah, well, that's a big part of the safety meetings prior. So we have several exit routes. There's a few points where we're extremely remote. And obviously, where we're extremely remote, anything serious happens that's where the heli comes in if if needed um although if it's nothing serious somebody's going to get extracted by vehicle um so that's something that the riders always need to keep in the back of their minds even though the heli is available the heli is only there if something very serious happens and that's to keep riders in the know you know keep yourself honest and make sure you know you know you're at middle of nowhere but the other part of that is medics are immediately available pretty much everywhere. Um, there's never been as, as much of a minor in, incidences as there have been. Nobody's ever been maybe alone for longer than a minute or two before there's medics already there. They're, they're so peppered through the riders. Um, and there's, they're properly spaced out everywhere where you have people available to you pretty much immediately everywhere. And they're usually to you before you even have a moments, a moment to make a call. Nice.
0: Yeah, that, you know, that I will say that's always that whole Motomedic team has always really like coaches, like they understand that their need and where they need to be. And like, they're very in tune with that, which I think is, has been awesome. And and then they mingle with the riders, which is awesome. I've seen that too. They're always in there with the competitors talking, whether it's in the bivouac or out in the, you know, for the, uh, for the smoke break or whatever it is. Uh, I've seen them yeah, use a cattle product. Stopped,
2: like- <laughs> Yeah. When, whenever I bump into them and they're stopped, there's rider stopped on course, just kind of relaxing, maybe taking a quick, quick water or whatever. They'll always stop and just talk to them. And how's it going? And, you know, talk about the course a little bit, what they've seen and, you know, have fun and then hit it, get at it again.
1: You know, let me add something to that, you know, Victor, just to kind of wrap this this. Part up in the past, um, and before Danny was in his role, we actually did deploy helicopters uh, four years in a row where the helicopter actually had to pick some people up 15, 16, 17. Uh, those three years we had uh, a couple broken femurs, punctured lung, broken ribs. Uh, so we've had multiple medical flights, but One of the best things about this satellite phone store push to talk uh, sat radio and the way it works with rally comp and the way that the helicopter pilot and the symbiosis um, is the ambulance company that puts the medical uh, paramedic uh, on site all week and in the in the in the um, on standby with the helicopter pilot is at. If there's a victim on the ground, a moto-medic arrives, the moto-medic can use the push-to-talk sat radio to collaborate and deliberate with the, the aeromedic uh paramedic that's with the helicopter. And why are they doing that? They are deciding, is this a uh, reason to fly? And instead of one person making a guess or a decision to launch the helicopter for an extraction, you know, there's multiple um, downsides to doing that. If you have the opportunity cost of, a, of another victim that's a serious, unconscious, you know, trauma situation that's life-threatening, um, that's taken into consideration. But never before 2016, anywhere in SCORE, anywhere in Baja Racing, anywhere ever in Baja, did you ever have that kind of communication, collaboration on site with the victim? with a medical professional EMT deliberating with another EMT on the decision whether or not to deploy the helicopter. And so that's like the final thing that I could say about um, how our safety protocol has evolved and so that we're not like super anxious about incidents. You know, they, they will arise when you don't expect them, and so we will be as prepared as we possibly can. Yeah, I believe. And
0: and that is a very like it's crazy how much that and and let's just, you know, we'll 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 talk, you know, even just any other situation, you know, where it's core stuff or whatever it may be, how much the, the push to talk technology and satellite has cut the time of communication. You know, I remember before it was you use a radio to get from here to there, you know, to the airplane, the airplane has to relay to. Uh, down to the ground uh, or it was a sat call, but then the other person didn't have the sat phone on or it was just, you know, all of these little things that a minute here, another minute there. And it's just crazy how much that cut, like it just eliminated, like from one event to the next, it just eliminated that.
1: Up until 2018, up until 2018 uh, for about a four year stretch, we had to put a Cessna and this is all about PCI race radios. They kind of, you know, the weatherman, um, uh, Bob Steinberg, the, um, they had a Cessna with a little antenna on the fuselage, and that plane flies around in circles at 10,000 feet. And that works. They can communicate and transmit and communicate perfectly with handheld, you know, race radios, VHF race radios. And so for many years, we had a pilot. And it was basically air relay, right? And so we had we were dependent on the Cessna being able to take off from San Felipe or San Quintin, and always it was a um, you know difficult logistically to get them up in the air. And so when we've stopped races before or uh, delayed stages because the plane wasn't in the air. Eric Tallman and Tina from Satellite Phone Store, the kingpins of, of the largest, biggest uh, retailer in, in the U.S. for for anything having to do with satellite communications. That push to talk sat radio eliminated the need to even have the plane, the pilot, uh, and the radio operator up in the air. And they would have downtime. And so it's like, I mean, who knows what we'll have in two years. But we've all got, we now have three Starlink SAT systems to be so that we're not dependent on a hotel's Wi-Fi to be strong enough to support a tracking system and even WhatsApp messages. And so um, I think you'll see and we'll all see at the end of this rally as the highlights and as the, you know, um, content uh, comes out, uh, you know, basically how all this stuff has evolved. And I believe it's going to attract people that have had it on their mind but have been a little bit on the fence but we'll see i know mauricio's got a few things to say about that
0: yeah i was gonna say Hi, so- hello mao
3: onda, Victor? <laughs> what's going on sir so oh, finally at their show thank you for inviting us
0: i know right it's been i know i've known you the longest out of the whole group and it's the first time i have you on the <laughs> podcast
3: <laughs> <laughs> and i'm a man and that I- there when you were thinking oh they're chasing waypoints and everything I said like, fuck yeah so awesome thank I, you for, for the invitation
0: absolutely yeah I remember it was the courtyard in uh, Mission Santa Maria
3: yeah totally yeah so, so I, I want to, to add a little bit on the um, the safety thing like everything that we do is preventive uh, we have 10 years working on the, the preventive safety side of the, of the race uh, and and thinking on it's a roll of paper with the high technology device connected to the satellite so it's like the super modern stuff with the super archaic chart of paper that makes the super safety because you're reading an actual paper you're seeing the hazard coming and then you're hearing the beep so we know every time where you are that that um Sense of like someone's watching you from above, it's it's safe while you're out there and seeing no one for hours. So we we really do a lot of um that that part. Uh it, as Scotty said and Danny, this is the solid team of we ever had. Uh we're pretty stoked. We I think we're we're ready. I mean we're super ready. This this year we jumped into six days instead of five. This is more challenge for the riders. Just Just to wake up at 4 a.m. for six days in a row is tough. Imagine riding and being aware of all the hazards.
0: Yeah, that is going to be that is going to be interesting. I mean, you know, adding just another day of racing, uh, a racing to it and and where these guys are going to go. Where where are these? I mean, more or less. Right. Where are these guys headed? uh, Bivouac wise over these six days.
3: Well this year we for first time we were, we' were going to start in the San Quintin. Uh, most of the people at the show it's familiarized with the Baja and San Quintin area. So these two years ago San Quintin became a municipality like they separated from Ensenada as a municipality. It used to be uh, like around 32,000 miles square miles in Senada. The municipality was 32,000 square miles. Uh, with 800 miles of coast that was for a long time and then as you know San Quintín area had a lot of needs and there was not enough uh, public services so they reach out and they finally became independent and they are working on a transition government so they can have their own new major and their own new new stuff it's very productive they have a lot of uh uh, farming and aquaculture and a lot of uh, activities, economic activities. So now it's their time to perform. Uh, basically, we decided to go there uh, and support them in that, in that end. Nice.
0: So San Quintin going to be one area for the for the start. Um, Scotty uh, alluded to a little earlier about uh, Valle de los Sirios.
3: Yes. The Valle de los Sirios. We're, we're starting San Quintin and then we're going down south of the most of the race is going to be in the this national park, beautiful national park. We got uh, all the permits required, the samanad and the Profepa and all the studies that we needed. And we learn a lot of uh, what we're seeing there, how why it's so beautiful. So it's going to be Catavina for two nights, and then we're going for first time also a marathon stage to add a little bit of spice on it. Um, basically, it's a uh, you start in Cataviña, you end up in de Los Angeles. We concentrate only riders. They are um, like, like in, separated from, from everyone. no support, no nothing, only them. so they can work on their bikes personally. We're carrying for them like a plastic bag or something like a box for for their personal care, or whatever. So they can sleep and the next day start. But this, this Martin stage, as you know, it's been used in many other rallies. And we were hesitant in, in doing it, but I think it's time. Time to to push them harder. And the fact that they were saying at the beginning the race we have a lot of rookies, like new people, that's great. That that means that we're accomplishing the, the nope.
0: Uh, they cut out really quick uh, they, you what are you guys accomplishing
3: the growth of the rally sport. Oh. The, the new writers new people jump jumping with their uh, coming with their road book and coming to the to the rally schools here or in the US or whatever um, it feels good to have new people coming in and, and being infected by, by the <laughs> infected by the cool um, rally bugs we call it.
0: Yeah. So that, so this is going to be, I mean, uh, of the places to go. I mean, if you, if anybody listening, even just, just go visit Catarina and hang out there for a couple of days. I mean, the place is absolutely awesome. Um, but something you mentioned earlier, um, much like here in the United States, Cota rally was one of the first rallies to get, you know, all the permits and all of this stuff done so that they could run a rally here in the States. There's something unique about Valle de los Sirios, right. And, and doing the, the studies and Talk a little bit about that, because I think that's unique to Baja Rally, right?
3: Yes, it's, um, it's a super pristine area. It's super fragile, uh, the area. So, so most of the people have been there. It's uh, You can see, yeah, it's everything dead, but it's not. It's everything alive and is uh, they call it the Bojum. so the serious. <laughs> you have the mice and you have the bat and you have all this type of things that make it beautiful. And... It requires the government requires any activity that you want to make in the on the the national protected area has to comply with the huge study that you need to hire other people and they do all these biologists just to measure the impact and then to to see the way to compensate that impact. So it's uh, we're learning a lot. It's been uh, four years since we have it and. And it's, yeah, it is a requirement, but it's also something that, that once there, you don't know until you're reading the whole binder, which is huge. So it's just like a National Geographic uh, chapter in Valle de los Sirius.
0: Yeah, I've, I've seen said notebook. You
3: know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um,
1: for people that haven't been to Catarina and they know what Joshua Tree is. Catavina is the closest thing to Joshua tree, you know, that you would find in, in Baja, California. And on that study, the, uh, you know, as Mal mentioned, you know, the area of Valle de los Sirios, it's basic, it's a huge swath of, of uh, land. It's, you know, below El Rosario and north of um, Guerrero Negro. It's a, there's a lot of, it's very fragile flora, fauna. It's a fragile environment. And, you know, it's almost as fragile as some of the, you know, people who um, question uh, motorized uh, vehicles in those areas and question mo- something like motorsports. The findings from our environmental impact study is that there is essentially zero relative impact of 30 or 50 motorcycles passing one time on an existing road. Uh, that We look at the weight, the tire spin. You know the uh, species, the time of day, you know day versus night, and the findings from the this you know it's a got to be a two or three thousand page, it's maybe almost two thousand page document. The findings at the very end is that this event has zero measurable impact, and that's like something that we, um, you know, you, you you can imagine that but it's, it's been articulated and expressed by attorneys and biologists. And so also, thanks to Mal Mauricio for putting that together.
3: Also something that plays a huge role and we don't notice aside from, from the beautifulness around it is that there's a lot of locals living there. They work there, they use the roads and the erosion that uh, big cars that go through or, or stuff can, can harm to their daily commute or, or you know, most of us have been through there. So also that takes place and how are we benefiting or affecting the, the area. But um, I mean, we, we love it there. We meeting the new, the heels and the ranchers and right now it's lobster season. So, uh, you know, like most of the lobster we call the Mexican lobster sent to, to Asia continent by plane alive and the area is where where they picked it up they pick up the lobsters and send it so um it's it's stuff that we don't see or we don't know we think there's nothing but there's a lot of things around there
0: nice yeah that you know what it's interesting all these years and all that stuff and i just i fell in love with the whole like you know i'm hearing scotty talk about the the area and i'm getting goosebumps you know just remembering, you know, the the tree, the cactus, the Bojum trees, all of that stuff. I mean, it's like, uh, I remember it was Danny, actually, that mentioned it. He's like, it's like Dr. Seuss land. These are like the Dr. Seuss trees uh, that you see.
2: And... No, you could... You could tell Doctor Seuss spent a lot of time out there eating something. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure if it was the lobster, but you know, <laughs> but but that that's news to me. I did not know that that's uh, that was a big exportation area for uh, for lobster, live lobster,
3: lobster, abalone, and a lot of uh, like seashells, everything. Um, and that's that. What we wanted to have. I mean, this is a Mexican race in Mexico, not for Mexicans necessarily, but from everyone in the world. So, we have it, it's it's you can see it as a patio, but there's a, um, it's remote. Of course it's remote. That's, that's, we have no good communications. The magic of this being remote is because there's no cell service. The minute we have cell service there, everything will start growing, and it'll become a, a, a big ranch, and then a town, and then a city. So, let's Let's try to keep it as is, uh, safe, and and friends with everyone on on the people, native people from there. This rally for us, it's like a like a landmark or like a highlight. It's it's biggest. It's after two years, we're all excited just to have it, and we have a solid team, thanks to our volunteers coming from from Mexico City, from Ensenada, from Tijuana. From U.S., so it's it's great. I mean, should you should take a look, or invite all the audience to at least ask more questions or anything. We're here to, to promote the, or rally, or any other rally just to promote the rally navigation support. Yes.
2: Yeah, and if, if I could add, yeah, if I could add something really quick, there is myself being from Mexico as well. Originally, I live in San Diego, but. I'm from Mexico and, and being part of the, now the majority of my life of the racing community in general, Baja and elsewhere. Um, the thing that makes me the most proud about being part of this team is the, the absolute connection we have with the locals, with the ejidatarios, with the ejidos themselves and the way that we're received is something that I had never seen before. And it's something that I, that I, that I try to make sure everybody knows it's we're so welcome down there. And, and one of the reasons for it is the total and constant communication for not just a year or two while things have been kind of the subject of talk in the racing community between, you know, he those and races having problems. But every time we go down there and every time we're making course and we either meet new ranchers or see the ranchers we've, you know, have been dealing with since way before even I was involved with the rally has been a pleasure every time and that's sets. The, I, i've never been used to that and i am slowly getting completely used to that being part of this team so really proud of how much you know baja rally being a mexican race is really you know connected with our people with my people and how they you know how we take care of the land and how we leave it how we left it and spend a lot of time improving it so i appreciate that a lot yeah
0: yeah and that i mean and that's uh the whole team working on that and i mean and and Scotty and Mao being the front runners getting out, you know, going and knocking on doors. Hey, can we borrow your land? You know, doing that stuff. So it's, I
2: mean, how about their faces when they see Scotty speak Spanish? (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah. They love that.
0: It's true. I mean, and, and, but that, that warming, that, that warm feeling that they get is I, you know, I doubt that there's a lot of organizations out there that get that welcome when it comes to you know them knocking on the doors. So. That is yes. uh, is very important for the life of the event and for the longevity of the event as well.
2: Cheers to uh, that.
1: Something yeah. that's interesting about this is is that the as this years go on, Baja Rally is outliving the the uh, appointed people, the appointed officials in some of the levels of government. For instance, with the as the government changes. New people are appointed in the agencies, things like civil protection or the environmental uh, agency, which is called Semarnat. And we, as we took, as Mauricio is doing all this work, and what I noticed is he would take a letter or go to a delegacion, which is like a, a regional jurisdiction town, for instance, El Rosario or Punta Prieta, and need to talk to the new. Uh, appointed delegado or like the small town sheriff. And we're going in there with a, with an ask. We're asking for the permit. We're asking for the permission. And one of the things Mauricio uncovered in this last week or two is that he pulled a letter from three or four years ago of this delegado's predecessor, not only giving us the permit, but also talking favorably about the distinction Of a rally raid um, versus the uh, normal pre-running and normal off-road racing, you know, maybe Mal might comment a little bit about that. But it seems like as we hang in there and as the sport slowly grows, you know, the Baja Rally is trying to basically make it through the the you know the slower growth period. And as we anticipate a growth spurt, you know, it's just um, encouraging for us to keep going. Uh, when we have things like uh, uh, prior relationships and letters of attestation that we can use, that Mauricio can use as an example to compel the new government or the new people in the new government to give us their blessing.
0: Nice. And that, that is very, very important because that is actually something that, you know, in, in talking to the team from Kota Rally, they literally just had to deal with that with the change in government. So. Uh, Mao, I don't, if you, can you share a little bit about that? Because I know that's something that you you deal with a lot directly, running Lost in Baja, doing tours, things like that.
3: Yeah, it's, um, it's it's. I mean, it's people imagine that there will be a race in the back of your house, and they want to do something. And, and you think there's no owners because there doesn't say, but every piece of land in Baja is is owned and requires permit, and there's laws, which is. We're not doing anything extra, which is complying with what is out there and it's been there for years. So uh, just doing things right from the beginning will open a lot of doors. We'll make it sustainable for for everyone. Um, uh, It's not that we're on the tree hugger side or anything like stream, but we do feel responsibility for, for, for what we do. And everything that what we do is just for the race. It's something that we like. It's for it's for our clients or or you clients, but it's like friends or community of racers that gather and trust us to come to these remote places so they can be free and ride and knowing that they have all this back of uh, talent uh, ready to serve. It's um, it's it's been. It, In in all levels, since the girl making the burritos for the lunch for the 32 staff members, the waiters, the writers, the flags, the cops, everyone involved. um, It's something that we like to share and to keep doing for many, many years. And the only easiest and the only way to do it is start right from the beginning. So we are... Very proud of our event, and we want to invite them. I mean, we, it's, it's there's always, and we've talked with this, uh, Victor, how to grow the classes not just on the super extreme racing, but also into the um, adventure bikes or any other type of thing that will help to to promote the, the rally thing. So right now is the rally thing with motorcycles, which is awesome, and I will stick to that. And it, it all, we can always have different um, vehicles or type of, of uh, explore there. It's about the views, it's about the safety, it's about the feeling, it's about the community. Like when you come back to the Vivuac, it, everyone is like, like, how was it? And it's, it's just a good vibe. It's a good feeling.
0: You know, very much, very much so, and and there it is again, once again, the common theme right is is the that, that bivouac ambiance and everybody just hanging out and bench racing and talking and uh, that I think is one of the most important things about rally Raid. it's your green flag to checkered flag, and then you get the cool off and the liaison and and then you're back and you're, you know you're just it's business as usual, you know it's a bunch of friends out in the middle of nowhere. Cheers for that! I know, right?
2: Yeah, <laughs> Can yeah, I, I, I can't wait, man. We're, we're we're all like, can we move this up a week? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but does anybody need to make any 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 plan changes here? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: I know, right? Can we speed this up Something a little
2: bit? Yeah, but we're
0: yeah. <laughs> almost there. But it sounds like so everybody is uh, is going to be descending on uh, on Teen uh this coming up weekend and and getting ready. Sounds like. Yeah,
3: we are uh, already. Having the last meetings with the team, with private meetings the, in between groups, like the safety, the ops, the engineering, uh, loading the cars and checklists. So for us, the rally already started. And we're just, we're just um, and it, it's not going to end until like two weeks after. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Then we'll start again.
2: And, and then rinse and I, repeat. I, I'm right, I might just have to stay in San St. Quintin until the December rally, too.
0: <laughs> that would be horrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he said Yeah, yeah we
1: might. We, and uh, Dan, we might have to change your name to Dan Cantine. <laughs> yes.
2: Logging some hours. Okay uh, yes, I, I would be okay with that. Uh, I, I, I think Dan Cantine Seuss would be the proper name.
0: There we go. You just need need to create your own little like ajito, like right in between the two, Catavina and San Quentin.
2: Somewhere with no Wi-Fi. Thank you.
0: Yeah, there you go. Well, Starlink has made it a a little bit easier. And that's, you know, Mauricio does bring up a good point. It's like how much how much communication and the ability to communicate can you bring in before everything changes? You know, and that that's been a long standing thing in that whole area, you know, just south of El Rosario um, that, you know, you cross over the bridge and that's it. You know, you're in no man's land, you know, the the never, never, as as Cameron uh, Cameron Steele called it. So it's one of those things that 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 bound like you don't want that magic to go away, but you want to show it to people. You want people to experience it at the same time.
2: Yeah, race day is race time, right? I mean, that's when we need the comms in order to keep people safe. But outside of that, it is my favorite thing about this whole area we're going to be playing in, you know, uh, from St. Quentin to Bay of L.A. and back is that this, the towns have a fight against and keeping it this way, keeping that those comms completely out and disconnected so that we can go back there and see what life has always been like in these areas before communication was there. And you get a little bit of Wi Fi here and there just to communicate with families, let everybody know you're okay. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Relax, enjoy the stars because you will not find a place on the planet with more stars than here.
0: No. And the sunsets. And I mean, just everything about that place. I, I, couple of years back, I remember, I think I was testing something on a stage for, on the rally comp and I ended up getting up really early in the morning. I mean, it was still dark out. It was still like 75, you know, it was a little warmer and just this not eerie silence, but a peaceful silence, dark road. I mean, it just, it's, it absolutely magical. So, uh, never
3: never disappoints and there's always something new. There's always something to learn. There's no matter how ma- how many times you've been since when have you been? It's always something new. It's, that's the magic of this place. Yeah, I, I the wildlife.
2: The wildlife is absolutely incredible. I've, every time we're either making routes or during the race, I cannot believe the amount of wildlife that I see. The deer are incredible. They're everywhere. Um, never on course, but they're everywhere. It's it's just incredible to see so many uh, coyotes out there. It's 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 impressive.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, you know what's a trip about oh, that is that the, the animals, so you've seen a lot of animals, but I can guarantee you they see you 10 times more than you see them. Yeah. <laughs> they see and hear Absolutely. you, uh, and like we're, we're seeing a lot more than,
3: than they are, I think. UFOs and shit, yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah that would yeah, be the place not- to see them
2: yeah, we're not noisy and we're spread out. So they're just, they're just not as, as timid about us. So it's it just the, the opportunity of seeing a lot of the wildlife out there is, is impressive because I'm, I'm used to being, you know, in something bigger, louder and, and uh, with a lot more loudness, hanging out around us, a lot more vehicles. And so it, that scares absolutely everything away. And in these cases, it's just not the case. I, there's just so much out there. It's incredible. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. And then it's usually it's a group and then the group is gone. And then you know mauricio kind of alluded to this earlier when they were doing the impact studies and i remember it's like if you go back to the same area i think scotty had footage of it it's like literally you go back to the area a few weeks later or a month later or whatever it is and gone gone you have no like it's back to off piece, you know maybe a faint trail or something but it's gone you know the 30 bikes that went through the 50 bikes that went through whatever gone not a trace. One thing
3: that we noticed this trip with Scotty and I went last week. I mean, obviously we were stuck in the mud for a few hours and then we, we went <laughs> trying to find the, the actual route, um, a lot of mud and everything. But there's, I mean, if anyone remembers the palm trees from Catavina, there, there are certain canyons that there are, they were wiped out like 40 year old palm trees on the canyon. They're not there anymore. Wow. So, it's it's nothing is not bad necessarily it's just how how things are it's just the fact that we're noticing it's just awesome yeah but it will grow again and then we'll find another place where there are more pumps Mm. so it's it's so it's so alive so um that's what we're doing it here uh we like it and it's it's something that we we want to share with more and more people every year
0: yeah yeah absolutely Keep keep this sport growing, and and Scotty nailed it on the head. I mean, I, I you know I'm just doing the math, and and yeah, sure enough, it's been it's like this four year cycle. It just kind of gets like it's like nature says, okay, we're gonna we're gonna start over in this area, you know, and 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 there it is. So, uh, it sounds like the it sounds like the competitors are in for a treat. You know, some virgin stuff out there, some new sites, and and I think it's going to be really good.
3: Like a sandbox, the nature. Yeah. Uh
0: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yep. Oh, there he is. (laughs) All good. All good. Well, cool. Well, let's, you know.
1: um, Final thoughts? Final thoughts is, you know, in the past, it's always been a little bit, um, you know, hectic in the final weeks where we can't do the extra touch, like the extra credit stuff and the extra touch or the extra... You know, It's always uh, essentials only in the last week or two, but thanks to, you know, two years of taking the time off and actually developing a team uh, that we, we meet weekly, basically year round uh, with very few skips. If um, we probably if there's 52 weeks, we probably have 47 uh, weekly meetings and things have been delegated early on. You know, it was my idea. And it's taken years and years and years to delegate and push off uh, things. This is a banner year for Baja Rally because Mauricio Para has taken over, um, and not just in name and theory, but it's his responsibility. And he's living up to, um, you know, so any success that we have and anything from, like, repeat customers or our racing clients who say, wow, this is like I've been to three or four of these. This is the best one. It'll all be because of Mao and Mauricio, uh, we call him now, but it will be because of Mauricio, you know, taking the, the reins and the responsibility and, you know, leading the team, um, you know, not calls, but down on the ground inside the um, offices with officials, you know, all over the state of Baja California. So I thought I would add that as my final remarks because it's been, you know, a 10-year, a long trip. And, you know, it's. I've, over the years, have really learned to let go of, of some things. And no one will tell you more than Mauricio. I've really let go of those things. And thank, thank God that Mauricio and, um, you know, Danny and Matt Fryer and all our sponsors and all the people that are working closely with us have picked up uh, all the slack that I left behind. It allows me to focus on the routes and the safety, and maybe a little bit of extra credit as we get a couple of days before. Nice. I don't know, Now What are your What do you guys have any final thoughts?
3: Yeah. The um, thank you, thank you for for that trust, on in me and the team. It's not easy. It's something that I mean, not even after COVID on our personal life, personal business. Uh, we're actually picking the the pieces left by by this pause that everyone had. And tough decision from last year to, to call it off and all those all the everything that we, we know about what happened on the COVID situation. But this year it's just just it's perfect. I feel super supported by the by the back by my excellent team. Volunteers and the vibe that everyone is having is just great. So uh we're ready and Victor will see you around on on Actually, this Sunday.
0: Yeah, we we are a week out officially.
3: Incredible,
2: incredible! It just took a year to get here, right? <laughs> it took. I, we could say three years, maybe. Yeah, I know. Incredible. Um, I'm I'm glad to be back. I'm, I'm super excited to be back, man. Cl- closing statement: Just happy to be here. Thank you for having us on, man. It's a it's a pleasure to be on your show. I can't wait to hang out with you again. You were my first roomie. Um, I don't know if that will repeat itself, but you know I'm I'm going to talk to the big wigs and see if I can get it done.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be down there having fun, and uh, and yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's it's been uh, I haven't had a chance to get to a rally this year, so I'm I'm absolutely excited to be uh be at Baja Rally as my first rally this year
1: all right big props out to rally comp big props to mike johnson joe holler at, uh joe rogers at joe holler you know symbiosis uh you know healthcare Reimagine, and satellite phone store you know being like a contributory financial sponsors um and of course to the the riders and the team super psyched see you next Bahabam week insurance
2: yeah Baja Bound insurance thank you guys as well Nice.
0: Whoops, whoops, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Awesome, brother. Thank guys, awesome, thanks, for
1: the, thanks for the safety alert on that one. <laughs>
0: yeah, the BBB. Beep beep. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's what happens when you start saying names and thank you. There's always something, yeah. Uh, but no, it's, it's super supportive, and they're good friends. And this year, they, they jumped in, no doubt. And it's again, it's about everything about safety. So, we're covered with. Baja Bound and Geoff and his team is, is just, just great to have. They've been doing so much good stuff in Baja California and, and we're cool working with them and joining their team and they're joining our team. So, um, yeah, props to, to them also. Excellent.
2: And St. King again to the municipality for being incredible. Yeah. They've been awesome to yeah. work with. That Thanks to Malwa. Yeah. Obviously. yeah
0: that is very important i mean going and knocking on doors and doing that and getting the permits to actually run through there and, and do that do it right because it can go sideways very fast
2: yeah absolutely.
0: nice well excellent guys well i appreciate you guys taking the time i'm gonna see you guys uh in in exactly one week from now i figure i'll be there before 10 a.m uh on sunday and uh yeah i'm looking forward to it
2: beautiful brother Thank you, man. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you in a week. Excellent, guys.
0: Yes. Have a great week. Final preparations. We'll see you guys in a few days.
3: Cheers. Thank you very much. Orale!
0: <laughs> <laughs> see y'all down there. All right, guys. See y'all down there. Yes, sir. All right. See ya. All right. So there you have it, guys. It is one week away from the Baja Rally. That is the 2022 edition of the Baja Rally, and I am looking forward to it. So six days, it's the first, day, first time going to six competitive days uh, for this rally with the inclusion of a now a uh, marathon stage, which is going to be huge. So for those playing the home game, just a refresher, marathon stage, very, very simple. You leave your bivouac, you leave the team or loved ones, the people that you had with you behind, and then you're going to be uh, traveling or racing to a particular area, you spend the night, everybody does it Malamoto style. So you're working on your own bike, you're getting your own stuff ready, you're getting you're taking care of everything on your bike, you don't have somebody to hand it off to. And then the next morning, you wake up, turn around and then head right back to where you were, uh, of course, taking a different route. So those marathon stages are absolutely important i think they build character i think that for a lot of people it brings everybody together because now you really really have to work as a team because now the only thing you have to depend on is the guy next to you so that really really changes the camaraderie between the competitors and i think that it's a very important part of rally and i'm glad to hear that baja rally is going to be incorporating that uh for this year's event so I'm absolutely excited. Keep an eye out for the posts, everything going on down there. I am absolutely stoked. It is, I mean, I still got to get through a whole week. This is crazy. I wish it was already time, but oh well, it is what it is. Got to work that nine to five to make money to get the toys to get down to Baja. So with that being said, guys, I hope everybody has a great week. Keep an eye out for the updates. And remember, it'll make sense when you get there. Enjoy the ride. All right, that is a wrap for the Chasing Waypoints podcast this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you like what you heard. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a bunch of others. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook under Chasing Waypoints, Instagram, Chasing Waypoints underscore official, and, of course, the YouTube under Chasing Waypoints. Hope everybody has a good week. We will see you guys for the next episode. Remember, shiny side up, and don't forget to tag us. We want to see where you guys are riding and what you guys are up to. Have a great week.